to some of you don't believe you deserve more than that. Some of you don't believe God's going to do more than that. Some of you don't even want more than that. It's not that you need it or that you deserve it. It's that God says, I just want to give it to you. All good parents want to give their kids a little more than that. He just wants to give it to you. It's more than that. Can you believe and receive, God? Whatever I thought my life was going to be like. Whatever I thought my influence was going to be like. Whatever I thought my finances were going to be. Whatever I thought my health was going to be. Whatever I thought my marriage was going to be. Whatever it was that I settled for. God said that. I'd say, tell God the Lord, you are right with more than that. You're expecting more than that. You're receiving more than that. It's for me. It's for me. It's for me. It's for me. Now praise God like you believe is more than that. to God. Hallelujah. Whatever you think he can do, it's more than that. Amen. It's more than that. It's bigger. As we get ready to expand one of our churches and begin to build the other church, I just remember years ago when I was Founding New Antioch, that somebody told me it's more than you think. It's bigger than you think. I never would have thought three campuses would be in my future, would be in our future. But I remembered the prophecy, it's bigger than you think. So somebody, you hear God talking to your ear right now, saying it's bigger. It's bigger than you think. It's bigger. It's more than that. Amen. We are ready for our word today. And I'm sure they mentioned the rally before I got here. But we are in our rally. And God knows what we need for this church to expand. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly and more than that. And so ask God for it. God is really uh, turning it over. He's giving it. Uh, to us. I'm, I'm receiving offerings that I did not expect. So I got the first 2020. I'm working 2023. I'm working on my second 2023. I will have it by the end of this month. Not because I had it in the bank, but because I asked God for it and believed he was able to do more than that. And he has done it. I mean, just from hey, somebody say the last minute. I know it's last minute. I know you're busy, but can you come do this speech over here? Absolutely. And picked up that check. Somebody gave me something to, for, to do a, a memorial service. I've never gotten that much money for a memorial service. It's just God here and there saying, uh, I, I can bring it from anywhere. I can bring it overnight. You all just asking for it. We have two more weeks. Our goal, we're, we're 
not quite halfway there, but our goal, or is that, that's about half, we're about halfway there. Our goal is that $35,000, it pushes the vision, it gets us through the summer, uh, it balances out our budget. We are in, we're looking for an expansion as well. We're looking for that, that, that certain number. We got two more Sundays to get the 150, and we're going to have and we're going to have a celebration because we're looking. It is our time to be fruitful and multiply and fill this place to capacity. It's been on the wall, and we almost took it down at one point. But I had to have faith in God's ability to do more than that. I'm looking for us to go to two services because God is able to do exceeding abundantly. So I want y'all to get in on the rally. Get in on uh, the blessings of what God is doing here. We want God to save people. I want him to save so, so many people. We don't have room for them here. Amen. I, didn't, I heard maybe three people that might have felt that in their spirit. Let me say it to somebody that might be believers. What are believers? What? Okay, I see a believer back there. I want God to save so many people through this ministry that we don't have room enough to seat them in here. I, but let me say it this way. I believe that God can save so many people through this ministry that we won't have enough room to sit them in here. Somebody say more than that. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, then Psalms 51 and 10, then Psalms 57 and 7, James 1 and 8, 1 Peter 1 and 13, and then 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. I know that's a lot of scriptures. I'm going to read them, though. I'm going to just um, weave them together, so I'm not going to stop. I'll give you those scriptures for those who are writing them down. Jeremiah 17 and 9, Psalms, and that's going to be the New International Version. Psalms 51 and 10 in the New International Version, and the versions just have different wording, same concepts. Psalm 57 and 7 in the King James Version. James 1 and 8 in the King James Version. 1 Peter 1, 13 in the New King James Version. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 58 in the New International Version. And again, I'm just going to read them straight through as if I'm telling one concept. Jeremiah 17 and 9. The heart. Fast spirit within me. Ah, oh, my heart is fixed. Oh, God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. But I got another issue, and that is that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What am I going to do? Therefore, gird up, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Our topic this afternoon is my heart is fixed and my mind's made up.
morning prayers, one of the things that I routinely do is I thank God for a fixed heart and a made-up mind. I go in, Father, I thank you for another day, another time, another opportunity. I thank you that my heart is fixed and my mind is made up. It's a term that I heard growing up. The old folks used to say that my heart is fixed and my mind's made up to do what the Lord say do. Anybody grew up hearing that? They most likely got that first part from Psalms 57 I found. David was declaring that his heart was fixed, that his heart was steadfast. Even though Saul was chasing him around, and even though they thought his life was in danger, David was fine. He was steadfast. He was emotionally stable and mentally sound because he understood that, that his heart was fixed. But I spent so much of my life emotionally unstable and mentally unhealthy. I've spent too many days in doubt and insecurity and confusion uh, in mental chaos and conflicting beliefs and misplaced passions, chasing love in all the wrong places, chasing it down in all the wrong faces. I had juxtaposed loyalties. I had loyalties on both sides. And I know now because of those years, I know for real that what just what I just heard about as a child I know it for real I thank God for a fixed heart and a made-up mind it is a gift it is a blessing it is a miracle for me as anybody else in the house it's a miracle for me it's a deliverance so let me tell you the truth today you will never be mentally sound and emotionally stable until you have experienced a fixed heart and a made-up mind. Yeah. Let me say that to you again. You will never be mentally sound and emotionally stable until you have experienced a fixed heart and a made-up mind. So as we continue with this theme, mentally sound and emotionally stable, as we continue with this theme for the this concept, this blessing, the power and the greatness of a fixed heart and a made-up mind. My heart is fixed and my mind's made up. So let's start with the heart. The term is my heart is fixed. Now, this word fixed is not that my heart was broken and now it's fixed, although that is true as well. That's a true statement as well. He is a heart fixer and a mind regulator. He will heal your heart, and he and that makes you emotionally stable. He will rec regulate your mind, and that makes you mentally sound. But this word fixed, is, it's the Hebrew word kun, and, and this word fixed actually means steadfast. It means firm, set up, established. It means to be stable, secure. I like this one, securely determined. Securely determined. The original language, it was a word picture in the original language. It was a picture of a house that is set firmly on its pillars, fixed. So my heart is fixed means my heart is steadfast. My heart is firm. My heart is stable and securely determined. 
It's sort of like a fixed fight. In a fixed fight, the outcome has already been determined before the fight starts. Somebody going to catch that in the spirit. In a fixed fight, the outcome has already been determined even before the fight starts. And this should be the condition of your heart, stable, firm, securely determined. Well, then, if that's the condition of my heart, and that's what fixed means, then what is my heart? My heart. We're not talking about the pump that pumps blood. What do you mean by my heart? Now, let me teach for a little while. So slow down, let me teach. The Bible uses four terms that often speak of the same thing. Heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Heart, mind, soul, and spirit. You'll see it all through the Bible, but we, always, we don't always know exactly what those mean. So the, in the Greek, the, the Greek is the, written, the original written language of the New Testament. And so it's the words cardia, new, psyche, and pneuma. Cardia, nous, psyche, or soki, and pneuma. And the, the, the Hebrew is the written language of the Old Testament. So those words in the Old Testament are leb, labab, nefesh, and ruah. And, and, and so I'm not going to bore you because stuff like that, only weird people like me care about stuff like that. Uh, so I'm not going to bore you with the distinctions because actually the four terms are confusing sometimes. They, 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 and sometimes they overlap each other. Sometimes they mean different things and sometimes they mean pretty much the same thing. But there is always an intent of the writer. And we're going to track down what the writer meant when he wrote what he wrote. My heart is fixed. So let's look at this word heart. Like I said, Hebrew is the word lev, and Greek is the word cardia, where we get the word like cardiac. So the heart is the inner self, the, the will, the intention. It's the affective feeling center of our being. It's it's how we feel on the inside. It's our, where our desire comes from. It's where my choice and my volition come from. It, it, it's what establishes who we really are, what's in our heart. It's the center of our spiritual life. In, in the heart, Jesus comes into our hearts. We accept them into our heart. If you believe in your heart, you're saved. It's a fountain. I like this. It's the fountain and the seat of the thoughts, the passions, the appetites, and the affections. The fountain and the seat. It is where these things come from out of the abundance of the heart. It's where these things come from, the thoughts and the passions. It flows from there. The appetites, the affections flow from the heart, but it's not just the fountain. It's also the seat. It's also where these things rest. It flows from the heart and it rests in the heart. The thoughts, the passions, the appetites, the affections, down to our very purpose and all of our endeavors. Things done from the heart are sincere. They're true. They're without pretense because they're coming from the heart. It's not phony when it comes from the heart. It, it could be phony coming from anywhere else, but, but when it's from your heart, that's the real thing. So when I look at all of these uh, definitions, I find that the heart, when the Bible says the heart, it seems to be a combination of both the soul and the spirit. 
It's just that the soul is more self-conscious and the spirit is more God-conscious, but both of them are that inner part of humankind. In order to be saved, you got to believe in your heart. So, so that's what the heart is. That's why it feels somewhere up in here where you just really, really feel something. And that's probably why they came up with the term in my heart because it feels like it's just up in here somewhere where you feel with your heart. But it's a spiritual thing. It's, it's your heart. So when you say my heart is fixed, what, is, what does that mean to have a fixed heart? My heart is fixed. It means that when it comes to serving God, Loving God, obeying God, knowing God. When it comes to my final decision and my final answer. Y'all remember that show that had, is that your final answer? And when it comes to my final answer, when it comes to my final decision, when it comes to my lifestyle, when it comes to my health, when it comes to my giving, when it comes to all my relationships, when it comes to my ministry, when it comes to my family life, when it comes to all of my decisions, my heart is fixed. My inner self is steadfast and it's unmovable when it comes to these areas. My heart is fixed. Then my thought on the matter is firm. My endeavors are already set up in my heart. My decisions are established. My affections are stable. My purpose is secure. My choices are securely determined. My appetites and my passions are fixed in only one direction. And just like a fixed fight, the outcome has already been determined even before the fight starts. Even before you put it in my face, Satan, the outcome has already been determined. You can't tempt me with that anymore. You can't draw me away from with my desire to that thing anymore. You can't drag me back down that dark rabbit hole. I'm not leaving God. I'm not going anywhere. I'm never doing that stuff again. My heart is fixed. My outcome has been determined before you even bring the fight to me. It's already fixed. I've already made my decision. My heart is fixed. I don't want you. My heart is fixed. The desire for that is no longer in my heart. My heart is to worship. My will is to serve God. My hope is to please God. And my aim is to bring glory to his name. That's it. And that's all. My heart is fixed. And I know that most of us can't say that. I know that most of us aren't there yet. Now, for me, I'm there. I'm there. And I'm almost over here to turn off this whatever this is. I'm going to unplug everything. <laughs> for the most part, I'm there. Sure, I'm there for this. I'm there for this. I'm there for this. My heart is fixed. My, and for that over there. But for that right there. And that over there. Not so much. Not so much. But since I'm leveling up to being emotionally stable and to being mentally sound, I have to get my heart fixed in every area area 
of my life. The goal is to get a fixed heart in every area of my life. So what do I do? I pray. What do I pray? Lord, fix my heart. Lord, fix my heart. You don't understand your own heart. If you understood your own heart, when your heart led you over there, you wouldn't have got over there and said, how in the world did I get over here? Matter of fact, how in the world did you get over here with me? You can't trust your heart. and Your heart is arrogant. Your heart is sneaky. You can't tell it anything. It thinks it knows everything. I just have to follow my heart. I don't know. I just don't feel that in my heart. Your heart is a liar. Your heart is deceitful. You can't follow your heart. Your heart is sneaky. Your heart is arrogant. It's arguing with me right now. I'm trying to preach this word, and your heart is talking right now about whether or not what this preacher is saying is true. Your heart is making excuses for you right now about why you can go back and do what you've been doing. It's trying to talk you out of this word right now. You got a messed up heart. You can't trust it, and you can't even understand it. So what do I do? Lord, fix my heart. David said it like this. You're going to have to create in me a clean heart. Create in me a pure heart, oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You're going to have to make me steadfast again. You see, when David wrote this psalm, it's psalm number, song number 57. And it was written before he was a king. Before he messed up. See, back then, he could say, my heart is fixed. My heart is steadfast. Saul is chasing me all over here. But the Lord told me I was going to be king, and I'm God's anointed. I'm God's man. I'm staying with God. My heart is fixed. It's steadfast. It shall not be moved. I shall not be moved like a tree planted by the rivers of water. David was talking, my heart is fixed. But the song that they put at Psalm 51 was actually written years and years after where they put Psalm 57. See, Psalms are just a songbook, and they, 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 it's not in chronological order. So Psalm 51 happened way before, way after Psalm 57. But when he wrote Psalm 51 that created me a clean heart, he had messed up. He got into some things. He needed God to renew the steadfastness that he was bragging on before. Take me back to where I was before. God, I'm so messed up at this point. I slept with this woman. I took her in my house. I had a husband killed. I don't know how I got this far. My heart took me out way out. And so, God, you're going to have to recreate my heart. Create in me a pure heart, a clean heart, and then renew that steadfastness that I had back there. Renew my stability. Renew the resolve in me. Lord, fix my heart. Somebody say, Lord, fix my heart. He had to repent of what he did wrong. He had to admit he was slipping. 
And that's what some of us messed up. Some of us are too arrogant to admit you slipping. Some of you are too proud to admit you slipping. But for David to get this new heart created, he had to admit, God, I'm slipping. God, I messed up. He had to be honest about the condition of his heart. It's time to be honest about the condition of your heart. The Bible, David said in this Psalm 51, he said the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Some of you won't break. You won't break. You're puffed up. You're stuck in your ways. You won't break. And so David said, I, I, I need another heart. And he goes into Psalm 51 when he found out that he was, he was so messed up. He was messed up so bad he didn't know he was the one messed up. He gave judgment on somebody else uh, for something that he did and didn't even realize the prophet had to say, by the way, that's you, man. And he got so broken. He said, have mercy upon me, oh God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. I need you to blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins. I acknowledge my transgression, my sin is ever before me. It's against you. Against you only have I sinned. And I did this evil thing in your fight, in your sight. You are just when you speak to me. You are blameless when you judge me. I don't have no excuse, God, but I do have an explanation. I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. I need to tell the truth. He said, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, in that hidden part. You're going to make me know wisdom. Then he said, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness again. The bones that you're broken need to rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. God, this is so ugly. I don't even want you to look at it. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Then he said, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew this steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence. And whatever you do, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with your, free, with your generous spirit. You don't desire a sacrifice. Else I would have given. You're not looking for me to kill some old goats and bulls. You're not looking for me to raise a bigger offering. Those are not the sacrifices that you want. If that was, if all I had to do is to is to kill a bull and it would be all right, I could do that. But you don't, you're not happy about that. I know what you really want. You want a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Those you won't despise. Lord, fix my heart. My heart is fixed. But now you need to shore up the gateway to your heart, which is your mind. God told me to tell you all this. I'm going to do three statements. First time, listen. Second time, say amen when I get to yours. 
God said, you keep too much stuff going on in your mind. You keep too much stuff going into your mind. And you keep too much stuff on your mind. You keep too much stuff going on in your mind. Who is that? You keep too much stuff going into your mind. Who is that? You keep too much stuff on your mind. And the only way to keep your heart fixed is to get your mind made up. And reversely, the only way to have your mind made up is to have your heart fixed. They're intertwined. Sometimes the Bible doesn't even bother to separate heart from mind. But let me try to do it anyway. I want to finish this message today by convincing you of the power of a made-up mind. There's power in a made-up mind. So the word mind is a, is a Greek word, nous, and, and it means the intellect, the thoughts, the feeling. Remember, feeling was in heart, too. The will, remember, will is in heart, too. Uh, the feeling, the will, the perception, though, the understanding, the judging, the determining. The mind is a part of you that thinks and then determines your direction. Where the heart tends to feel, the mind tends to think. The heart is in here. It's the inner you. The mind is up here. It's the executive you. So it can go a little bit like this. Heart says, I feel this. I really want this. I've already done this on the inside. Jesus said, you already did it in your heart. I've already done this on the inside. So then the mind kicks in. The mind says, well, let's do this then. Let's do it on the outside since you done done it on the inside. Let me figure out how we're going to get this done. It's going to be good. Or the heart says, I don't like this. I don't want to do this. I'm not going to lend myself to this. And the mind say, look, I've been thinking about this all day. I've imagined this. I've figured out how to do this. <laughs> I think we're going to like this. And we're going to do this anyway. And then the heart says back to the mind, but I won't be in it with you. Have you ever done something that your heart wasn't in? Thank you for the witnesses. I made a decision. I'm going to do this. But your heart said, I ain't in it. You went through the motions, but your heart wasn't in it. Oh, there is a difference between the heart and the mind. Your mind was there, but your heart said, I'm not doing that. Your heart not in it. Or... The mind can say, ooh, I saw this on Instagram. I saw this on TV. My friends told me it was good. Everybody's doing it. This is going to be fun. And the heart say, nope. Not into it. That's not who I am. And tells the mind, don't even think about it. <laughs> and then the mind say, you're right. That's not me. So let me get this out of my head. <laughs> uh -huh. Or... The heart might say, I still have a desire for this. A passion is stirring up in me. I feel drawn to it. And the mind say, nope. 
Been there, done that. You remember what happened last time we did that? That's not going to happen, boo. I, if I don't release the body, then this thought is just going to die unborn. If I don't release the body to do what's in your heart, it's just going to be a thought unborn. Because when the mind says no, nothing is going to happen. The heart can influence you, but without the mind to make the decision, the heart is helpless. The heart can want to do it all day, but if the mind don't move the body, if the mind don't get you there, the heart is helpless. It will, the mind can override your heart till your heart can get itself right. That's the power of a made-up mind. But, of course, they're best when you have both because your heart can keep talking until your mind <laughs> unmakes itself. But they're best when they're together. A fixed heart says, I don't want it. A made-up mind says, I won't do it. So when you got a fixed heart and a made-up mind, I don't want it, I won't do it. Or if it's the right thing to do, a fixed heart says, this is right from the inside. We're not going to waver. This is who we are. We're going to do right. And a made-up mind says, it's in my heart to do right, and I'm going to do right. That is my final decision, and my decision is not going to change. My mind is made up. Yes, the devil will present me with options. Yes, things will come to my mind, but it doesn't matter because I've already determined my choice of action. The minute my mind was made up, the decision was already made. And again, I'm there in so many places in my life, but not all of them. So I'm trying to level up. I, I, so, so what do I do? What do I do? Because my mind keeps going back and forth. I'm going to do it. And then maybe not. And then, yeah, I'm going to do it today. Yeah, but I'm tired. And my mind keeps going back and forth. It's made up on the weekend because I've been in church all day. And the word was good. And I made up my mind. My heart's fixed. My mind's made up till Tuesday. And the devil put something in my face on Tuesday. And I'm back sinning, back doing the wrong thing. Back eating the wrong thing, back saying the wrong thing, back going to wrong places. My mind is not always made up. It's back and forth. It does, and then it doesn't. And it doesn't really matter which one is in my heart because my executive function is back and forth. My mind, and it's hard, especially for women. Men, you actually do this better than we do because men have the ability to focus. That's why you don't try to have a conversation about the kids while you're watching the football game because they, 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 they can't focus. You, I'm at work, baby. Why you, I'm, I can't talk because I'm at work because men have the ability to focus. Women, however, have twice as many neurons that go both on both sides of our brain. We are biologically double-minded. 
Trust me, I'm a psychologist. We are biologically double-minded. That's why we can feed the baby, cook dinner, watch TV, and talk on the phone all at the same time and don't miss a bit of either one of them. Because we have the ability to multitask. But either way, your mind is not always made up. It's back and forth. But if you are ever going to be emotionally stable, you have got to get mentally sound. James said it like this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A double-minded woman is unstable in all her ways. Today, you changed your mind about your diet. But next, it's going to be about your money. Then next, it'll be about your sexual activity. Next, it's going to be about that addiction you're trying to get away with. Then it's going to start having unstable relationships. And then your very salvation will be back and forth. If you don't find a way to make up your mind, it doesn't matter what you think. The Bible says that when you got a double mind, you're unstable eventually in all of your ways. So what do I do? So Peter told us, Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What's another way to say this? The, gird, the men would gird up their loins. Their loins is all this stuff in here. And so they wore robes in those days. But if they needed to move fast, if they needed uh, flexibility, if they needed mobility, if, if they needed to work, they had a way where they would wrap up the robes in a certain way and tie it in to gird up their loins. And so most of them understood that. So Peter said, this is what you got to do with your mind. Let me do it in female terms first. Put a girdle on your mind. Put a girdle on your mind. Your mind is everywhere. Your mind's doing all kind of stuff. Brothers, if you don't understand, the female body, stuff going this way, and that stuff going that way, and that stuff going that way, and that stuff drooping that way, and... And we put, when we put on a girdle, it pulls it all up, it pulls it all in, it and then it locks it down. It ties it up and it locks it down and it keeps it in place. Other than that, it's just going everywhere. Brothers... Gird up the loins of your mind. And for those of you that are not used to me, I, I don't know any other gentler way to say this, but it's, it's like, like they do with a jock strap. Right? An athletic, whatever y'all call it. Where it holds everything in place for the purpose of protection. And, and the Bible is just real. That's exactly what he said. He said, gird up the loins. It's the same thing. You pull it together, you tie it down, and you lock it in. 
They said, this is what you got to do with your mind. Pull all those parts together and lock them in. When you get them locked in, you can't breach a made-up mind. You can't breach a made-up mind. A made-up mind is like a made-up bed. When you make your bed up, you're pulling all the parts back together, and then you locking them or you tucking them in. And if the covers are over there, and if the pillows are over there, and if the sheets are halfway off the bed, the bed is not made. But if you make up a bed, once you pull everything into place and lock it in and tuck it in, the bed is now made. You call that a made bed. That's why you go back in your kids. That bed ain't made. Yes, I'll pull the covers up. That bed's not made. It's not made until you tuck it in and you lock it in. And once you do that, the only way to get into a made-up bed is to unmake it. Once you have it in place and tucked and locked in, there's no way your big old self can get in that bed unless you unmake it, unless you misplace what has been placed securely. Unless you pull some post up apart again. Because you can't breach a made up bed. And you can't breach a made up mind. As long as you don't unmake it, it will stay right in place. And can't nobody get in it. How to do that is in the text. He said, gird it up. And then he said, stay how? Stay sober. Or be sober. You'll be sober by not drinking up a bunch of stuff that's not God's will. Your problem is you got a bunch of stuff going into your mind that's not God's will. You're looking at porn. You're looking at reading the magazines. You're looking at foolishness on TV. You're looking at stupid stuff on Instagram and Facebook. You're on, on uh, uh, YouTube watching video after video about a bunch of stuff that's not God's will. You're letting too much stuff in your mind. You're letting too much stuff infiltrate your life. He said, gird it up and then stay sober by not drinking up a bunch of stuff that's making you intoxicated. Intoxication means I don't have the strength to do what I wouldn't normally do it means now I'm open to doing some stuff and, and that you're you're intoxicated you're not making good decisions your mind has been compromised because of what you put in it and now it's unstable they won't let you drive intoxicated they won't let you work intoxicated. But you're spiritually living intoxicated. Because of the stuff you got on your mind, in your mind, and pouring into your mind. He said, be sober. Gird up your mind. Be sober. And then he says, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And God, I need your grace. If I'm going to make up my mind, I need to depend on your grace. God, I need you to do this in me. I need you to do this for me. 
There's a grace that comes. Another word for grace is not just unmerited favor. Another meaning of the word grace is when God gives you an ability to do what you can't do on your own. I have no ability to pastor anybody. But the first time I stood in my pulpit, God gave me a grace to do it. I certainly don't have what it takes to pastor three churches. God is giving me a grace to do it. A God will give you a grace to do something you couldn't do this morning. And so, God, I need your grace to get my mind made up. How do I gird up in my mind? I just keep getting revelation. He said the revelation, uh, the grace that's brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Just keep getting revelation. Keep getting understanding. Keep getting information. Just keep coming. Just keep reading. Just keep getting in that word. Just keep listening to word. Just keep come, keep coming, hanging around New Antioch. It'll help you make up your mind. You get it by revelation of Jesus Christ. Fill your mind with him. Get to know him. Study him. Seek him. Stick with him. He will renew your mind. So you'll do your part. Pull your mind in. Stop letting it run wild. Stop opening up to everything. Stop, just stop letting anything and, and everything get to it. Everything and everything get around your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. I saw Steve, Steve Furtick um, do something. Uh, so I, 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 I do know that. Uh, y'all do know I steal stuff. <laughs> and, and Chantel keeps... Calling me. Uh, was I so, so he was sure. Just because Chantel wants to talk doesn't mean I have to answer. She can call me all day. But you know what I got on this phone? I got a decline button. I have an ability to not answer. No matter how much it rings. Sin can ring all day. The devil can ring all day. But I got a made up mind that I'm not going to answer just because he want to talk. The flesh can begin to buzz you all day. Them feelings can come all day. Those thoughts can come all day. But God has given your made up mind a decline button. Devil, just because you want.
to talk does not mean that I have to answer. When I got up here to preach, my mind was already made up that no matter how much that phone rang, I would never answer. You can't breach a made-up mind. So it says, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. And then he says, give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. It is time for you to give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Don't be unstable. Don't be double-minded. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Hezekiah Walker had a song. I wish we was old school choir. I would have told him to learn it. But the song says, I'm sold out. And it's a play on words of I'm sold out like, uh, like I don't have none of that left. And I'm sold out, S-O-U-L-E-D, from my soul. I'm sold out. My mind is made up. The song says my heart is fixed and my mind's. Lord, fix my heart. I like that. I've been singing it all week because I knew what I was preaching. My heart is fixed. My mind's made up. No room, no vacancies. I'm all filled up. Your problem is you got too many vacancies. You're not filled up. You got rooms. Let me, I have to explain this up for young people before there was Airbnbs. And before you bought, you got your rooms online. You go to the hotel and they had a sign that said no vacancies. It either said vacancy or no vacancy. No vacancy meant we're sold out. We don't have no room for you. There are no rooms left. Part of our problem is we got vacancies. You have not given yourself fully to the work of the Lord. You got room. And so when the devil rose up with something, you're not sold out. Your heart's not fixed. Your mind's not made up. You still got room for the devil. You still got time to mess up. But the song says, my heart is fixed. And my mind's made up. No room. No vacancies. I'm all filled up. Why? His spirit is living in me. And that's the reason I'm sold out. Lord, fix my heart. I repent before you. Because you know repentance it simply means a change of heart, mind, and direction. I repent before you. The decision is yours this morning. And God will give you grace to carry it out. You don't have to figure out how to keep your heart fixed and your mind made up. Just do that your part. Gird up the loins of your mind. Ask God to create in you a clean heart. And a right spirit. My mind's made up. My heart is fixed. The decision is yours. But God will give you the grace to carry it out. To be emotionally stable. Mentally sound. Your heart needs to be fixed. 
and your mind made up. My heart is to worship. My will is to serve you. My hope is to please you. My aim is to bring glory to your name. My heart is to worship. My will is to serve you. That's it and that's all. My hope is to please you. My aim is to bring glory to your name. Precious name. Oh, the name. The name that has the power to save. Precious name. Oh, the name. That name is Jesus. Let me say this. I almost got a little frustrated because this was much louder at the other two services. The ring. And God just, just shared with me so you guys are going to get something they didn't get. Evidently, my phone has something in it that's programmed to bring the ring tone down if I keep declining. Y'all getting ready to get a free one. I didn't realize that. I'm thinking, how come that's not as loud as it was? And I remember sometimes it's loud. It's, there's something in the phone that says, oh, she must be doing something else. Because she keep declining her calls. So I'm just not going to ring as loud. Y'all, if you would just get used to saying, look, my mind's made up. Eventually the devil's voice gets quieter and quieter. It gets lower and lower. He gets quiet. He can't talk as loud as he used to. Tell you after a while, you can't even hear him. Because I'm busy doing something else. And it's programmed. Your spirit man is programmed to begin to turn that devil down. I do that this morning because nobody called me all last night, so it rebooted. See, when you're not busy with the Lord, it gives the enemy time to reboot. But since I've been declining all morning, all of a sudden I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I I think you're ringing, but I can't hear you. It gets easier to ignore him the more you practice. And after a while, sin is talking like this. And God is talking like this. My heart is to worship. My will is to serve you. First, I want to make sure that those of you that need to make that first step and accept Jesus Christ into your heart. To your heart. To get your heart's not even the, con the condition to be fixed. It needs to be born again. You need a brand new heart. So we're going to pray this prayer together. You might be listening live stream. You may not hear this until later this week. But at the moment that you hear this, we're going to pray this prayer together. And those of you who need to accept 
Jesus into your heart and let him make you new and create in you a new heart. He's going to do it right now. If you believe in your heart, the words we're getting ready to say. Some of you, you're going to pray this prayer and it's going to be a rededication for you. Because if you be honest, you've been back and forth. And you've been on that side more often than you come to this side. And you need to rededicate your life. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe that in your heart, you are born again. Your heart is new. There'll be a change. And we'd like to help you on this journey. Or if you've rededicated your life, we'd like to help you on this journey. There's a book I want you to have that'll be your first uh, exercise in pulling that mind in and putting the right things in so that your mind gets made up. If that's you today, you don't have to do anything but raise your hand and say, I prayed that prayer today. I accepted the Lord or I rededicated my life. Anybody that prayed that prayer meant it in your heart and you've accepted Jesus in your heart, just raise your hand. Amen. 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 Over here, anybody. I don't want to miss anybody. Amen. They're going to come to you and get some information and give you that book. I really want you to have. And we thank God for you. Just one. Come on, give God praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And some of you need a church home. You need to be in a place where your mind is being renewed, where your heart is being fixed. Amen. We would love to be your church family. You can either raise your hand now and say, I'd like to join this church. Or there's a visitor table outside after service. And you can go there and say, I'm interested in membership. Or I'm just interested in learning more about this church. And we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. Other than that, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Keep getting the revelation. Keep getting the information about Jesus. So you can have a fixed heart and a made up mind. But I do want to pray for you today. This church believes in the power of prayer. And again, I'm right here with you. I have some areas in my life I need my heart fixed and my mind made up. I'm almost there. I got a couple more things left that I need God to shore up my heart and my mind. And we believe that does in prayer. What David did was say, Lord, created me a clean heart. What they did in the New Testament is they got helped me to get out of this double-mindedness. We believe we can pray with you. And God will do that process in your life. So if you have some areas you still need to give God. And you want us to pray for you. Some of you say, I know what I need to do. I'm good. And some of you are saying, I need the grace to do this. I need somebody to pray for me. To help me. To help cancel what the enemy is trying to do in my life. I'd like you all to pray for me. 
so that I can have a fixed heart, a made-up mind, so that I can become emotionally stable and mentally sound. Come on, let us pray for you. I do need you to come forth. I do need you to make the step and say, I need prayer. Please let us pray for you. You don't have to go back and keep struggling amongst yourself. Come and let us pray for you. Nothing crazy is going to happen to you up here, but miracles happen up here. Life change happens up here. Come on, let us pray for you. And I need you to believe and believe. give up on you. He's able. He's able. That is our service for today. We thank God for all of you that came, all of our visitors, all of our listeners. Tonight we do have a service, uh, our ministers in training. I'm not sure who's on here, but somebody is. Our ministers in training, training is at 6. You can come. You're on tonight? All right, Lamia. Word in the house. So she wants to see some support over there. It'll be at our central campus at 6 p.m. We'll be training for all of our ministers and ministers in training. Uh, and uh, then we will go into service from there. We have some of the preachingest young ministers, if that's a word, uh, in the city. And so we will support them tonight. And then on next Sunday, um, it's not the 30th, though. It's the 20, 23rd. 23rd. Our Fellowship of Independent Churches and Ministries are meeting fourth Sunday. There's five Sundays in this month. Uh, fourth Sunday for a, says a praise and preaching party. We are going to do that. There are 13 churches in our fellowship and we are the head church so we need to be there. So we'll be at Central Campus next Sunday night for our fellowship service. Uh, pastor Rankin, which is a new pastor in our fellowship, will be preaching and uh, Pastor Alfred Johnson who is, uh, he, he, he deep as his nephew, uh, Brother Darian, Pastor Darian, he's just an excellent teacher. You're going to get great word. We'll have training at 6, and I want us to be there for the training, and then we'll have service at 7 p.m. next Sunday night. I want to get put two things on your calendar. One is uh, our Day for the Ages Family, family Life Conference. God bless you all. So glad. Come back and see us. Uh, somebody go back there and, and, and love on them. Amen. And invite them to come back and, and see us as well. Uh, some of them we have seen before. Um, we are gearing up what we're going to do. Our Family Life Month, where we focus on family life, goes from Mother's Day to Father's Day. Uh, we're going to have one big event, though, this this year, we're going to break the church up in ages. We'll call it a day for the ages. The 20-somethings are getting their thing together. It's going to be like seven mini-conferences. Uh, you will spend time with your age group, talking about the issues of your particular age group, your health, uh, your finances, your spiritual life. You're going to have some fun, and we're going to have some food, uh, and we're going to get together with our, our age groups. The 20-somethings are working on theirs. The 30-somethings? All right, y'all working up something, the 40-somethings. All right, they're working theirs up to 50-somethings. Oh, I think those 50-somethings coming with it. Now, since I got the microphone, the 60-somethings, 
I need to know who my 60-somethings are. Uh, we're getting ours together. I need you get your pastor all to yourself for that for that whole place. Place. So I need y'all to come out, hang out with me, and eat with me, and we'll have fun together. And we're gonna have our workshops. So if you're in the 60-something group, um, I need to borrow somebody's assistant. So since Pastor Rhonda went outside, I'm going to borrow hers. And so wave your hand. Just let her know your name. Uh, this is Victoria. Give Victoria uh, your name. She'll be out there and say, I'm in that 60-something group. Your name and your phone so I can get to with you because the 60-somethings are going to have a great time. But I don't know. Them 70-pluses for our 70-plus group, they, they are getting theirs together as well. And so we're going to, it might be in the morning, in the midday, evening, it's whatever the group decides to do, but it's May the 20th. If you're in town, I need you to hang out with the family that day. Hang out with your group that day. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wonderful. Visitors, you are welcome to hang out with us uh, for our Day for the Ages, and that's going to be our big uh, event for our Family Life Month. Uh, there's some things that happen in 60-somethings that ain't happening for 20-somethings. Mm -hmm. There's some things that happening in them 40s that's different than what's happening in them 70s. And so we really do uh, need to get together and talk about those things and how they fit into our families and be with the family May the 20th. Please put that on your calendar. Get off work if you have to and come hang out with us that day. The other thing is we don't seem to have a lot of seniors this year that are graduated from high school, but you may have some in your family. So if you have nieces, nephews, grandchildren, we do a baccalaureate service so that we can give them their time in the sun so they can uh, uh, get their name called and what they're doing. It gives them the, the instead of that quick, uh, you hope you heard their name and took a quick picture at their graduation, we do it up for them. And the church celebrates them and we pray them out. We pray them to their next destination. So that baccalaureate service is May the 21st. May the 21st, we need to know uh, who's going to participate. This high school, if you graduate from college anytime from last May to this May, um, if you graduate a December graduate or you graduated in May, we need all the college graduates. If there's a, a, a trade school, a skill that you and you completed your certification, you are part of this as well. And then our Kingdom Academy, those of you who have not had your graduation, I uh, know we have two or three Kingdom Academy that have graduated this year. That's going to be their graduation night as well. So we do need that information. So if you're graduating from Kingdom Academy, make sure I get your name. Other than that, if you would give those names to, uh, to Chantel and uh, Marias of whoever is graduating, we'll get you all set up to have a glorious baccalaureate service for you. That's all I have um, I, I kind of need Pastor Sharonda to come back in, but uh, offering, that's right, offering. Uh, we have um, uh, those several ways to give. If you all would put those, some of you came in after offering. These are the ways that you can give. You can cash app to New A. Aliante, text give to New, New Antioch to 77977 or to go to newantioch-aliante.org or you can still give in person. Uh, we have our uh, credit 
uh, credit card here, and then you can still give in cash. If you have uh, an envelope or you don't need an envelope, you can give those uh, on the way out. And so, God, we do thank you and praise you for every, every, every offering. And bless them, God, with unlimited resources. Amen. I'm going to go ahead and call Pastor uh, Rene up to uh, dismiss us and to pray for us. Oh, here she comes. Uh, I know I'm sending you everywhere, but you need to talk about family and friends. And then send us home. Amen. 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 Let's thank God for our senior pastor, Dr. Parson. She put something on our hearts and something on our minds. And so, so thank you uh, for that, Pastor. We are praying for you. And so, friends and family, fifth of the last Sunday in this month, which will be April 30th, that is the fifth Sunday. It is Friends and Family Day. We got something planned for you, but we always have a prize for the person that brings the most visitors uh, with them. Um, and so I'm looking to see who's going to bring the most visitors. And we got some rules in place this time uh, because I think the person who won last time, I don't know where she asked, she was here working a few minutes ago. She um, counted people who come every Sunday. She counted her kids that come with her every Sunday. Visitors only. <laughs> We don't get to rack up the folks that's always here. But you guys, I am, we're, this is our goal. We want 150 people in service with us. We need you all to help us do that. And so invite somebody here for Fifth Sunday. Let's be friends and family. We're going to have some treats. We're going to have fun. It'll be a good time. The pastors are going to tag team it out um, on the message. So you'll get to hear from all of the pastors on that Sunday. And so do come. Join us. Uh, Y'all, it's fabulous over here. And so just, just be here with us to do that. Um, I heard pastors saying that, but I was, um, you know, greeting the guests as they was leaving. Who said that they was in the 50 Club? 50. Who else? See you? Okay, I see y'all. I see y'all. Okay. Oh, I see you over there. Y'all, I'm in the 50 club, and it's going to be on in the day for the 50s. And so I was just like, I did want to see who you were um, out there. And ain't no shame in our game. We in our 50s, and it's on. <laughs> we grown, grown. Uh, Reverend BJ told me you ain't grown till you get 50. And so we grown, grown in our group. Um, but um, we'll be reaching out to you, all of you all who are 50. If you don't hear from me um, or my husband, I need you to say something because we need all of you all to be uh, in this group. We got some great folks in our group. And so let's stand as we dismiss. Remember that we will be back um, at our um, central campus, 16 Bell Rose for um, MIT on tonight. Um, be looking forward to family and friends. That is the fifth, the last Sunday of the month. Y'all be here. And I do think that that is all. Let us pray. Father God, we just say thank you for today. Thank you, oh God, for the reminder, oh God, for the ability to get our minds, to set our hearts, God. Let it be 
fixed. Let it be set upon you. We said thank you for grace, for the mercy, oh God, to pull ourselves, oh God, up from these places, to stop being double-minded, God. I said thank you, oh God, that from today there's been a seed sown for us, oh God, and we claim our healing in the name of Jesus. God, we bless you on today for the just one, for the one, oh God, that gave their life over to you. Oh, that's cause for celebration. Y'all missed it. God, we said thank you for the just one, oh God, that has invited you into their lives, God, and send us out into this week searching, oh God, for that just one that we can share you with. And so, God, we said thank you. We go out, oh God, into this week praying, praying over our families, over our city, oh God, as we come and as we go. Bring us back here together, God, at the appointed time. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. And thank God. God bless you all.